Thank you so much for joining us online today at Christ Covenant Church. We hope you sense God's presence and are encouraged by the message. Now, here's Pastor Ryan Weems. We're in a series where I'm taking one week to answer your biggest questions and topics. And, and today's question and topic that you asked is actually the second most asked question topic out of all of them. It's so a lot of you asked this question. And so we're going to talk about today family and relationships, which we chose, of course, today because we did the child dedications. But it's all going to be about family and relationship. And then next week, I want to encourage you as we finish this series, we're actually going to talk about the Holy Spirit. And, and the Holy Spirit, that, that topic is kind of a controversial one in church circles. There's, there's churches that just kind of ignore the Holy Spirit. And then there's other churches that actually talk against the Holy Spirit. And so next week, I'm going to take us back to a biblical view of who the Holy Spirit is and what he does in our lives. And you're not gonna miss, wanna miss it. It's, going, it's not gonna be weird, but it will be powerful. So that's next week. But this week, family and relationships. If you got a copy of the scriptures, uh, I got a lot to say and not a lot of time to say it. Turn with me as fast as you can to Psalm 128. Psalm 128, and we're gonna talk family and relationships. The Bible has a lot to say about this topic. And then also, uh, we're gonna focus on the home today. So whether you're a big family like mine or a family of one, you can get something out of the message. But Psalm 128, I'm gonna start reading. Hopefully you're turning there. Words will be on the screen. Here's what it says. Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to him. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessing and prosperity will be yours. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house and your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Yes, this will be the blessing for the man who fears the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. And may you live to see your children's children. I, I've heard, I'm just a parent, but I've heard being a grandparent's the best. Any grandparents representing the house? It's like you get to, you get to bless them. Uh, but then you also get to send them home. <laughs> and so uh, that's what the Bible's talking about here, that you would live to see your children, live to be a grandparent, and then peace be on Israel. I know we just prayed, but let's pray again. Why don't you bow your heads with me? Lord, we're thankful. What an awesome, just such a powerful moment that was to be able to lift up, God, these children and these families represented. God, you care about every single one of them so much. And we pray, God, you'd help us as a church to be there for them. God, I pray for this message today. I've, I've got a lot to say and little time to do it. So help me, God, uh, to pick and choose what you want your people to, to hear there, this uh, here in this second service. And, and God, we just will give you all the glory and all the honor. And God, also, we thank you for what happened on Friday with the Houston Astros clinching a playoff berth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <laughs> I, every week I, that I talk about sports in my prayer, like people get mad, but that's okay. We, we clinch, we go on to the playoffs, baby. What was that, six years in a row? Something like that? It's God's team, if you didn't know, Houston Astros. Hey, since we're talking family today and relationships, uh, I did want to give you an important life update about my family quickly. Uh, at our home, there's a big change that I wanted to tell you about. Our family is growing. It's, it's not a new baby, I don't think. Like I talked about earlier, I don't think Isabel's pregnant. Um, but we are, right, right? Like you were kind of giving me the, okay. And we'll talk after service. Uh, but there is a new addition and uh, I've kind of brought you in on this journey. So they, they're gonna leave the lights on, uh, but online and in person, check out this quick video, this announcement. Hey, Christ, hey, Christ Covenant, Covenant, I just want, I just you, want to you to know, know miracles, miracles do, do happen. happen. 
the Weems family, family is, is growing. growing. We, we have an have addition, addition to the family. family. Here, we, Here go. we go. Y'all pray for pray me. For me. <laughs> Let's bow our heads and pray again. Lord, help Ryan. <laughs> we, we adopted that puppy just three, four months old and uh, her name is Mia. I think we got a picture as well of the familia here. There we are. So, so cute. A lot of you know, uh, you know, our journey with, with, with this whole pet thing, and some of you don't care, but that's okay. I'm going to tell you anyways, and, and we've been on a journey with it. Isabel and I did not want a dog for a while, uh, not because we're anti-dog, but because we're anti-extra responsibility, and we already got enough mouths to feed, and and but eventually like kids are really good at manipulating things and y'all know this and and not even manipulation but just being so sweet and they made signs they, they went in a whole thing and they eventually got Isabel to their side wanting a dog so I was a man unto himself <laughs> on an island and, and eventually after much prayer and much counseling for me we got that dog little Mia which means mine in Spanish I think Italian as well um, but we got little Mia there. So we're now not a family of five, we're a family of six. And again, it's been a journey and, and we've had different steps in the process and really wanted our kids to like earn it and, and to pray about it a lot, do a lot of research. So no lie, uh, we had them give a presentation to me about getting a dog before they got, I mean, it was a trifold, right? Like you'd have at the science fair back in the day. They had pictures, illustrations. Our oldest kid, Luke, he started it off with a joke. <laughs> they, they took my follow-up questions afterwards. It was Shark Tank up in the Weems house, okay? And we made a deal, and they got this dog, and I guess we got this dog, and, and now we're expanding, we're growing. But I say all that to say this, that, that I think what we went through, that journey with a pet, um, Really, it's kind of a microcosm of what happens in families in general. It's kind of a small example, small illustration of what every family, including yours, goes through. And here's what I mean. Uh, we all have, because it's, a lot of us, it's more than one, with the, one at the house. And so a lot of us, there's different challenges and decisions that we may not agree on that we have to get to agreeance on. You know, there's, there's things that are difficult. There's changes that we have to, to navigate. Like there's, there's a lot more pee and poop in our house right now, okay? We're having to clear those changes that happen, and, and you've got to navigate these things. And, and so what we're going to talk about today is, is how do you truly have a healthy home? How do you truly have a place that, that is a refuge, a place that, that honors God, a place that has peace and and God's blessing upon it. And, and again, the Bible has a lot to say about this, but specifically in chapter 128 of Psalms, we get this beautiful picture of what a healthy home looks like. Now, to give you some context, because you need this real quick, though, um, Psalm 128, not only is it a part of the entire book of Psalms, which has 150 of them, but Psalm 128 is actually a part of a smaller collection of songs within the book of Psalms. Here's what I mean by that. Psalm 128 and a few others, they are called Songs of Ascent. And you would even see this. If you've got the Bible still open or a Bible app, you can see this subject underneath chapter uh, 128. It says Songs of Ascent. And here's what this means. There were different songs that back then during Bible times that families would sing together on road trips, okay? And so a few times a year, families would, would pack up the 
the minivan, well, they didn't have minivans. They, they pack up the camel vans, you know, back then. And, and they got their, their spouse there and the kids. And, and, if and if their parents are there, they would pack them together. They kind of all get together. And then they would go on a road trip up to the city of Jerusalem. And I say up on purpose because Jerusalem was on a plateau. So no matter what surrounding city or area you're coming from, you went up. And so they got their family together and they would travel up to Jerusalem together with other believers like we're doing today. And they would celebrate these different festivals and parties and really they would worship God. But on that journey up, they would sing songs together, songs like this. So think about your road trip, your last one you've been on, right? Uh, like, like, like think about the songs that you had on Spotify, on your playlist, right? Maybe you had some Sweet Home Alabama. I never been to Alabama. I just drove through it, but, but I sing that song, you know? And, or, or maybe it's Life is a Highway, you know, whatever it is. You got these songs you like and whatever genre. Well, well Psalms like Psalm 128, they should actually be included with the classics because these were songs again that they would sing together on the road and it would keep the family's heart focused on God. And even though these were songs they would sing that are catchy and beautiful and paint this picture, they still taught the kids and the families lessons. And they're lessons that honestly, we need to relearn here in the present. And so if you got a family, guess what? That's all of you. You need to take some notes today. Maybe it won't be new information, but you need to relearn some things because we got to get our families and our relationships back to a healthy place. And so we're going to walk through like we always do, verse by verse, and God's going to teach us or reteach us some things. So let's talk about a healthy home according to Psalm 128. Here's the first thing you can write down quickly. We see in this song, in this psalm, that a healthy home fears God. And we got to get back to this because even though this is very basic, even though it's very elementary, there's so many homes that do, do not fear God, that don't have a fear of God in their homes. Now, from the very beginning of this point, uh, really from the very beginning, I, I gotta clarify what this means because we've lost this in our culture. And a lot of times we make fear of God into something that God never intended, okay? So I'm gonna tell you what it is and also what it isn't, the fear of God, to have this in your home. And I'm gonna start with what the fear of God isn't, all right? The fear of the Lord is not being afraid of God because you think he's gonna hurt you, all right? We gotta get that clear. That's not what the fear of God is. Now, some of you grew up in homes where your mom and dad will put the fear of God on you with punishment, right? <laughs> like you lived in that culture. They're like, do you wanna pick the switch or the spoon? which by the way, pick the spoon every single time. The switch becomes a whip. And I'm not saying that we should do this. That's just the culture that a lot of you grew up in, right? And so they put the fear of God on you. They, they would say things like this. I brought you into this world and I can take you out, right? <laughs> and it's like, uh, I don't know about that. And, and so what happened is we had a generation that was raised up with that kind of punishment. And so now they take that idea and they put it on God. But that's not what God's talking about here. To have the fear of the Lord in your home is not that you're scared of God because you think he's gonna hurt you. That's not what God's talking about. Here's what the word is talking about. If you have the fear of the Lord in your home, the fear of the Lord is knowing that God has every right to lay down punishment on you and yet he chooses not to. That's the fear of the Lord. And I'm gonna say that again because I don't think you got it yet, but this is critical if you want a healthy home 
The fear of the Lord is knowing that God has every right to lay down punishment on you, and yet he chooses not to. You got to get this fresh revelation today that the God of the universe, the one who made you and me and everything, that he would withhold his righteous judgment on our sin and instead place it on his son, Jesus, on the cross. When you understand that soul level, that's when you fear the Lord. When you realize that what you and I deserve is punishment to the extreme. I'll say it to you this way. What you and I deserve, this is just the truth. We deserve hell. That's what we've earned by our sin. But when you realize that, yeah, that's what we deserve and that's what we earn, but that's not what God does. What God does instead is he takes all of that punishment and he put it on his son, Jesus, on the cross instead of us. When you get that, not intellectually, but spiritually, it changes how you live. Here's how, because you realize because of what Jesus has done for you, you can't help but walk in his ways. Why? Because you don't wanna do anything to hurt his heart when you deserved death and yet he has given us life, you are forever grateful. That is what the fear of the Lord is. You can write it down this way. It's a reverence. It's a holy respect. It's God, I don't wanna do anything, say anything that would hurt your heart. Y'all with me, Christ covenant? And we gotta get back to this in our homes. I know nobody's preaching about the fear of God. It's a clothing brand that's real expensive, but no one's talking about it when it comes to Bible-based, like what this looks like. And we gotta get back to it. If you want your home healthy, and you do, we've gotta have the fear of the Lord. Not, hey, he's gonna hurt me, but hey, he loves me so much that he put his punishment on his son instead of me, so I'm gonna walk in his ways. I'm gonna do what he's called me to do. I'm gonna raise my kids. If you got kids or grandkids in such a way that honors God. And, And there's different ways that we can live, uh, that respect God, that have a holy reverence for God. And, and I just wanna be real transparent and I just wanna tell you what, what I do with my family. Now, in no way am I perfect at this, but I can tell you before God that there is a fear of God in our home. And it's not people walking on eggshells, not our kids stressed out is what's gonna happen. It's actually the complete opposite. It's blessing, joy, provision, because there's a fear of the Lord in our home. So again, we're not perfect, But Isabel and I, we are very intentional, aren't we? Of how we're doing this. And we believe that you can do these things as well. So letter A, if you're taking notes, write this down. The first way to have a healthy home that fears God, letter A, is that you've got to transform your house into his home. So whether you own or rent, whether you're in a big home, small home or apartment, you need some spiritual renovation to happen. I'm not talking about moving walls physically. I'm not talking about anything like that. I'm not talking about fresh paints. I'm talking about a spiritual transformation that can begin today that your house is now God's home. There's a transformation that takes place. And there's so much I could say here, but, but I just gotta be as basic as possible because I don't have time. I, I, we need to do a whole series on this. But for your home to fear the Lord, you need to put some holy habits into place, okay? So not just Sunday morning stuff, Monday through Saturday stuff. There, like, like there needs to be some habits, some holy habits. And, and just to give you a few things, just very, very practically stuff that we've done. First is this, I would challenge you, I would encourage you to begin to play some worship music in your home. Like for real. You're like, pastor, that's too simple. I know, but are you doing it? <laughs> like, like play the music you like and, 
If you're an oldies person, play some oldies. If you like rock or hip hop, like, like country, whatever, that's cool. But make sure that a part of that playlist in your home is some worship music. Y'all with me, church? Y'all real quiet. Like, y'all with me? Like, you gotta have some worship there. And whether you got kids or not. So when you're getting ready, play some worship music. When you're taking the kids to school or you're driving in, if you're going into the office, which a lot of people have returned by now, play some worship music there. You're creating an atmosphere where you're reminding yourself who God is and what he has done for you. And it's a game changer. It is so, so important. You gotta create these environments very intentionally outside of a Sunday. Here's another one. You need to make prayer a normal part of your life. There's way too many people that like hate praying. I don't wanna pray, I don't wanna pray. And here's why, now this isn't you, this is another church. But here's why people don't like to pray, because they don't. And because they don't, they don't know how. And they think it's gotta be King James, thou art highest above all, bless God. You know, like they think it's gotta be something when it's just a conversation with God. Like in the same way, if you're married, you would talk to your spouse. You talk to God that way. Your best friend, you talk to God that you talk and you listen. And so we gotta make it normal. It should be normal. Like I never would have thought in a million years, especially in Bible college, that I have to preach a message like this, but we have moved so far away from the basics here. We've gotta get back, y'all. And it is a difference maker. And so make prayer normal. Here's how we do it. We pray at meals. And by the way, this is a rule. Okay, hear me loud and clear. When you pray over a meal, it has to be 10 seconds or less. Y'all chuckling, I'm serious, okay? I don't, I don't need you praying for the nations, the four winds of the spirit to do something. I, don't, I, I need God, thank you for my family, bless this food, amen. Can I get a witness out there? Like, that's what I need. I want my ribs getting cold, okay? Like, like just being for real. But, but make it a routine, y'all with me? Like this is like simple stuff, but it's a game changer. So pray over your meal. If you got kids, even two, three, four, if they can talk, they can pray. Sometimes it sounds like it's tongues, but that's cool too, okay? Right, a lot of times we're like, that's tongues and I don't have that interpretation, you know? But it's cool, like, like make it a part. And, and moms and dads, if they don't see you praying, they ain't gonna pray. And so we got a response. It's just basic stuff, but it, but it matters. That's how you get the fear of the Lord in your home. Also, and this is what we do, we pray over big decisions. So if you're up for a raise or they got a test, trust me, even if your kid's against prayer, if they got a test, they'll accept prayer over that test, okay? <laughs> like, like they will. And, and so, so and, and by the way, students, um, praying and not studying is not the answer, okay? You got to study too. <laughs> the answer is C, right? Like, no, no, you got to work too. But pray over big decisions. If you're gonna move, we prayed over having a dog. That may sound silly to y'all, but I think it's very, very important. We're teaching our family. Hey, it's what we do. Not only that, and I love this, and our kids are all young. You saw the picture. Like they're, they're nine and under. But still, when somebody's sick in our family, right, Isabel, we will lay hands on that sick person and we will pray. And, and not just Isabel and I. I remember when our oldest prayed over me one time. I had hiccups. And if you know me very closely, you know I hate hiccups. They are straight from the pit of hell. I try to get rid of them as soon as possible. I watched a Ripley's, believe it or not, when I was a kid of a guy who never got rid of his hiccups. And it has freaked me out ever since. I, I don't know if it was true, but it was true enough for me. And so I try to get rid of them. I know I got issues. And so my kids know that. And so they pray over me. I'll never forget a time where Luke, our oldest, nine years old, prayed over me. And I was instantly, like they, they went away, instantly. And he saw even in a goofy, silly way how God works. 
here recently. Remember, Isabel, when we prayed over you in the car when you had a headache or something was going on and, and, and we didn't lay a hand because they were in their car seat securely, but they extended a hand like you did earlier. We prayed over her and guess what? She was healed in Jesus' name. And our kids see it's normal. It's not forced. And maybe you weren't raised this way and maybe you haven't raised your kids this way if you got them. Start today. We believe around here it is never too late to do the right thing. So don't be wallowing in your guilt or your shame. Start today. You gotta get these holy habits. Read your Bible. If you got kids, read a, a couple verses with them before they go to bed. This is a big, big deal. There's an awesome passage in Proverbs that adds more to the conversation about having the fear of the Lord in your home. Proverbs 14, verses 26 through 27. It'll be on the screen. It says this. Whoever fears the Lord has a secure fortress and for their children, it will be a refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, turning a person from the snares of death. I need to do a whole message on those two verses, but very, very quickly, when you have the fear of the Lord in your home, even if you're a family of, of one, the fear of the Lord in your home, it's a fortress and a fountain. A fortress and a fountain. Fortress, it's a refuge, it's a safe place. Even if your kids are teenagers, if the fear of the Lord is in your home, they're gonna wanna be at home. I'm not saying all day, every day, but they're gonna enjoy that. Why? Because they feel safe. They don't feel judged. They feel God's protection physically, but also spiritually. And I know you want that, but it starts with having the fear of the Lord in your home. What about fountain? What's a fountain? It brings life, joy, vitality. Some of y'all, it's been a long time since you've had joy in your house. Everybody's always arguing and at each other's throats. And again, we, we argue. I'm not saying we don't, but there is joy in our house. There is laughter Y'all know the kind of laughter, ladies, where even you're like no run mascara runs, you know, that kind of laughter. Guys, that kind of laughter that you laugh so much, belly laugh that you start crying, right? And you're embarrassed about it. Like that's the kind of laugh, it is, it, is, it is holy, it is good and you can have it, but it starts with the fear of the Lord. Some of you are like, man, I want that joy back. There's gotta be fear of the Lord. There, remember, you're not afraid of God because he's gonna punish you. You respect God. Here's another very intentional thing. Not perfect at it but I believe you can follow this model, thing that Isabel and I have done. We always remember letter B, that there's no place like God's home. There's no place like home, Dorothy, no place like home. There's no place like God's home. And so yes, you've gotta take what happens here on a Sunday morning and it should happen there in your home, but also we gotta get back to this. We've lost this and COVID's a big reason why, but we can't make excuses any longer. But we gotta get back to a place where where we make God's people, which that's the church, by the way. Y'all know that, most of you. It's not this building. The church is God's people. But we gotta get back to a place where we stop forsaking the gathering together of God's people, that we make it a priority. Like, like, like this is gonna be strong, just so you know. But remember, you asked for it. <laughs> and this is how you have a healthy family and relationships according not just to this psalm, but all the Bible that we've got to get back into the habit of making a church, a church the priority, that we're going to gather together, unless we're sick or unless we're out of town, that we're going to be in God's house. We, we've got to get back to that. Now, here's what I know you're thinking. You're thinking, well, pastor, yeah, you just saying that because you're the pastor and you want more people in the church. Yes. <laughs> yes. I believe in the church. 
I believe in the bride of Christ. I do. Trust me. If I didn't believe in the value of this, I would not be doing this. I'd be a part of it, but I wouldn't be leading it. I'm just telling you, this matters. I believe what happens here matters out there. I believe that God's house matters and it will make a difference in your marriage. It will make a difference with your kids. It will make a difference in your, in your city. It will make a difference in our nation. Way before, way before I was a pastor, just even as a kid, and, and mom, you're here in this service. Dad was another service because mom's been helping us out with this and normally are attending together. But, but mom, I am so grateful. I, I encourage dad and I wanna encourage you in this service. I am so grateful, and I'm gonna use some language that's gonna make somebody upset, but I don't care, it's how strong I feel it. I am so grateful that you made sure my butt was in God's house every single week. Like I am so grateful. Sundays, but also Wednesday nights, I am so grateful for that. Like, like, like she could tell you stories. Like, 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 sometimes you brought me kicking and screaming. You know, I made every excuse in the book. No one likes me there. I don't have any friends, you know. Uh, like, the pastor is not good. You know, all this kind of stuff that, that kids will say to manipulate their parents. That's what they're doing, by the way. I, did, I said it all, but you said, I don't care. You're going to be in God's house. You, you, we're going to raise Ryan in God's house. And I would not be here today except for that. So I thank the Lord that you made sure that's what we're doing with our kids. They're here whether they like or not. Now, thank the Lord. Our kids' ministry, our student ministry is awesome. They love being here. But even if they didn't, they're gonna be here. You made sure, and we love sports, and I wasn't any good, but I enjoyed them, and I still enjoy them today. But you made sure that we were in God's house and not playing a sport somewhere. You made sure that we were underneath the, 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 the preaching of the gospel, that we were making godly friends. Y'all hearing me, church? This matters. It matters. You can be mad at me all you want. But I told Isabel, I said, I'm like tired of this, man. I'm, I'm like getting, if the world's gonna be bold about some stuff, I'm gonna be bold about some stuff in here. And I believe it. I believe it. Man, I grew up, and I know I'm a young man, but I still got some years and some skin in the game. And I, I grew up in the church with pews. Anybody remember pews? Some churches still got them. I get it. Um, but man, they, they as hard as a rock, and services were 14 hours long. And, and I remember sitting there, and, and, and mom, you forgive me. You probably know this already, but. God, you definitely forgive me. I ask for forgiveness, but I, I, I would carve on those wooden pews during service. I, I know. We, I'm young, but I didn't grow up with cell phones, so we couldn't text each other, so we'd write notes on the hymnals and pass them to each other. It was bad, I know. But it mattered because I was in God's house and there were seeds being sown in my life. And I'm not talking about I wouldn't be a pastor today. I'm talking about I may not be a Christ follower today if not for those moments. It matters matters there's no place like God's home and I know you're here and you're thinking well we're here you need to be here more the average church attender in America is one time a month and again I know it's strong but you asked for it we got to get back in God's house consistently consistently it makes a difference all right the last thing a healthy home fears God and lastly number two a healthy home changes nations changes nations and this ain't my opinion, this is the word. The last couple of verses, if you still got it open, it talks about this. And if you have a healthy home, a home that fears God, it, it's gonna change the, the nations. I know here in this service, just like in first service, we got lots of people, lots of people that are on different sides of the political aisle. Y'all know I'm not huge into politics. I think they're important for sure. I just don't think they should be most important. They are important though. 
but we got people, Republicans, Democrats, Independent. I get all that. And I could say issues and it make one group mad and the other group so excited, you know? Like, I, I get all that. But let's focus on what we agree on, okay? Everybody will agree on this. Our nation is struggling. Do we agree on that? There's some good, but there's a lot more bad. I'm not even gonna give you studies right now or stats. You can look them up if you want. It's a quick way to get depressed, but, but families are so broken more than ever before. So broken. There's addictions. Like pills, it's, it's real bad right now, like real bad. Not just teenagers, but moms and dads, even those that are older, addicted to painkillers. It's real bad. Not only that, but people are addicted to pornography, all-time high, and not trying to embarrass anyone, just being real. There's a loss of morality in our nation. This is some, some evil, jacked-up stuff that just like 10 years ago, everybody would say was wrong. And now there's millions of people saying, no, that's okay. It's what we agree on. It's, it's unhealthy. It's broken. Evil, violence, hate, still racism. It's just it's horrible, the stuff that's happening. That's where we agree. But here's where we get it backwards. Because we see our nation broken, we think that we've got to do all this stuff on the outside to fix it. And again, I'm, I'm for the politicians, men and women of God that actually do follow the Bible, which is not a lot of them. The main goal of a politician, if you didn't know, is to get reelected. Just, just so you know, that's, that's the goal. To placate those that are giving them money, that, that's the goal. But there are some that follow God's word. But so often we focus on all this outside stuff. We think that that's gonna fix it, but we actually don't go big to fix it. We go smaller. This is what Psalm 128 says, the very end, that if you want a prosperous, blessed nation under God, if you want that and you do, but you don't do stuff out there big, you actually go back to the home because the nation will never be healthy unless our homes are healthy. This ain't me, it's the Bible. So I wonder today, is your home healthy? And if it's not, you gotta make some changes because you will never impact the city and the nation if your home is not first healthy, but it actually gets smaller than that. You wanna affect the nations, it starts at home. But if you wanna affect the home, it actually starts in here with you. So instead of trying to fix your spouse or fix your kids, I wonder today, and it's rhetorical, don't answer out loud, but I wonder today, how's your heart? How's your soul? Do you fear the Lord? Like, do you fear him? Yeah, 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 yeah. Are, are you walking in his ways? It ain't lip service for you to fear the Lord. There's gonna be things that you won't do because it would hurt his heart. And there's things you're gonna make sure you do because you know that's what God has called you to. Do you fear the Lord? It doesn't start out there with a nation. It doesn't even start in the home. It starts individually. And if we'll have a healthy soul, then we'll have a healthy family, healthy home. Then I'll tell you, the, the, the city doesn't stand a chance. Our nation doesn't stand a chance. There will be revival. It's gonna happen. 
but it's gonna start at home and start with us. Amen, church? Do you bow your head with me? Close your eyes. Jesus, I know I've been real strong in this message, but I just, I feel it. It's up in my bones. You've given us answers in your word. We've gotten too lackadaisical with church gathering together. We've gotten too lazy when it comes to having these holy habits in our home. We gotta get back to it, back to it, back to it. I pray God, and we can't speak for other people or other churches, but I pray God for this church, Christ's covenant, that it be filled with men and women that aren't perfect, but that follow you, the perfect one, that walk in your ways, that fear the Lord, not because we believe you're gonna hurt us, but because we know we deserve your righteous judgment and punishment, and yet you placed it on your son so that we could be forgiven, we could be set free, we could be made whole, not because of what we've done, but who you are and what you've already done on the cross. And because we have that knowledge, not just intellectually, but soul level, we're gonna walk in your ways, we're gonna act different, talk different, because we don't wanna do anything to hurt our Savior's heart. We're gonna live in such a way that it honors you, God, because you are holy, you are righteous. I pray God for moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas, that maybe they've made some mistakes and maybe they've let their standards slip at home. I pray today, God, they would make some practical changes to get the fear of the Lord back in their home. May we not forsake the elementary teachings. It matters. I pray God that you would forgive us for letting school stuff or sports stuff or hobbies get in the way of your house. I pray God that we would get back to making it a priority. We're gonna to gather together. We're gonna to serve together. We're gonna to worship together. Not legalistically, but just out of our love and devotion for you, Lord. Not because we have to, but because we get to. And I pray lastly, all eyes closed, please. I pray lastly, God, for anybody that's far from you, at every single service, we got people that don't know you, Jesus, and that's awesome. What a great place to discover. You don't have to believe to belong. But I pray, God, for those that are not believers, not followers of you, Jesus, I pray that this would be their holy moment. They would place themselves underneath your authority, that they would make you the Lord of their life. With your head bowed, eye closed, you can do that right now in this room and also online. There's a book in the Bible, another one, your eyes are closed, you're just listening. But it's Romans chapter 10, verse nine. And here's what it says. It gives us a blueprint of how you're saved. It says this, Romans 10, verse nine, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So you can do that right now. You can whisper to Jesus. Jesus, I confess that you are God, you're real. I know it takes faith and trust, but I'm gonna put my faith and trust in you. Jesus, I believe, you need to tell him these things. You can whisper to him, Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross, it really happened, and you also rose from the dead. And so I ask you, you've got to ask him this question. Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sin, to set me free, to clean me up from the inside out. I know I don't deserve it, I can't earn it. It's a gift from you to me. 
and I receive that gift of grace and mercy and salvation. God, thank you for those that are saying that prayer for the first time or maybe the first time in a long time. I pray, God, that they would realize as you reveal to them right now that that prayer they prayed, it is not the finish line of faith, it's the starting line. That there are next steps that they can take as they grow, as they're discipled, as they walk in your ways. God, thank you for what you've done today. I pray a special blessing upon families. I pray your anointing, your peace, your presence to be real in every home, every life. And we ask all these things in Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. Thank you so much for listening today. If you made a decision for Jesus Christ or if your life has been impacted in any way, please send us an email at info at We would love to hear your story. And for those that committed your life to Christ, we want to help you on your new journey by sending our free Start Bible Kit in the mail. If you'd like to partner with us financially, simply click on the Give tab at ChristCove.net. There it will take you to a safe and secure page where you can set up a one-time or recurring gift to help us accomplish our vision, heaven full and hell empty. And as always, you can find out more about Christ Covenant on our website or on Facebook or Instagram at Christ Cove Houston. 